destroying the body of Christ. And in the body of Christ, there can be no division and no disunity. But America, another thing disturbs me about your church. You have a Negro church and you have a white church. Oh, America, that is quite disturbing for that cannot exist within the true body of Christ. How did that thing ever get into being anyway? You have allowed segregation to come into the church, America. Oh, how tragic. When you stand up on Sunday morning to sing, in Christ there is no east or west, isn't it tragic that you stand in the most segregated hour of your Christian nation? They tell me that is more integration in sports arenas and nightclubs than that is in the Christian church. Oh, how tragic that is. How appalling that is. They tell me that there are even Christians among you who try to justify segregation on the basis of the Bible. They try to argue that the Negro is inferior by nature because of Noah's curse upon the children of Ham. Oh, my friends, all America, this is blasphemy. This is against everything that the Christian religion stands for. This is against the will of the almighty God. In America, I would urge you to get rid of that something called segregation. It is a dangerous evil. It is an evil which must be wiped over the face of the earth if man is ever to come to his full maturity. America, don't compromise with it. Don't play with it. Oh, I praise your Supreme Court for passing a great decision just a year or two ago. And I praise all men in your nation of goodwill who are willing to follow it. But they tell me you still have some brothers among you in Alabama and Mississippi and Georgia and Louisiana and Florida who would make their legislative halls ring loud with the words interposition and nullification. They have lost the true meaning of democracy and Christianity. And I would urge you to plead with your brothers with patience and understanding goodwill and tell them that this isn't the way. May I say just a word to those of you who are struggling against this evil. Let me say to you to always struggle against it with Christian methods and with Christian weapons. Never succumb to the temptation of becoming bitter. Never succumb to the temptation of indulging in hate campaigns. You must at all moments move with wise restraint and calm reasonableness. Keep pressing on, but press on with discipline and dignity and use only the weapon of love and let no man pull you so low as to hate him. Look at your oppressor hard enough to see in him something of God's image. Yes, it might be just a spark, but if you work on him long enough, it can develop into a leaping flame. And so I would say to those of you who are warring and struggling against your oppressor to use Christian methods and Christian weapons and let him know that as you struggle, you are not attempting to defeat him, not attempting to humiliate him, not attempting to get rid of, uh, get rid of him or uh, to pay him back. But let him know that you are seeking to help him as well as yourself. Let him know that the festering sword of segregation debilitates the white man as well as the Negro. Let him know that as you seek to rid the earth of this evil of segregation, you're seeking to help him also.
give that message all over the world and live by that principle and get rid of that something called segregation, America, for it is not only rationally inexplicable, but it is morally scandalous. You must get rid of it if you are to be a Christian nation. Yes, America, I realize that some of you will give your lives to this something. There will be white people of goodwill who will do it, and there will be Negroes who will struggle to get rid of it. But I want to say this to you, that as you struggle, don't despair. Realize that whenever you stand up for right and righteousness, whenever you stand up for truth, whenever you stand up for goodness, you will be persecuted, but don't despair about it. Sometimes it might mean going to jail, but if that is the case, be willing to fill up the jail because I had to go to jail. It might even mean physical death, but if physical death is the price that some must pay to free their children from a life of permanent psychological death, then nothing could be more honorable. Don't worry about the persecutions, America. You are gonna have that if you stand up for truth and goodness. Oh, that happened throughout my life. As soon as I was converted, I was denied by the disciples at Jerusalem. Then I was later tried for heresy at Jerusalem. Yes, I was beaten at Thessalonica. I was mobbed at Ephesus. I was jailed at Philippi. And I went down to Athens and I was depressed there. Yes, I was even shipwrecked in Malta. But I'm still going. And I still believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only hope of the world. I still believe that in standing up for the gospel of Jesus, nothing in the world is greater. This is the end of life. This is the end of the universe. The end of the universe is not to be happy. The end is not to avoid suffering, but the end of life is to do the will of God, come what may. Oh, America, will you hear that and will you follow that before it is too late? Then I must say one other thing. You know, I said to the church at Corinth, that love is the principal thing, and I want to still say that to America. In America, I want you to know that you might move high in the world. You might come to the point that you are mighty eloquent in your speech. You might master the English language. All of your grammar might be perfect. You might move high. You might move with all of the eloquence of an articulate speech. But I want you to realize, America, that it is still true that even if you can speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not love, you are become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Yes, America, you may have the gift of prophecy so that you can understand all mysteries. You may have scientific insights so that you can break out into the storehouse of nature. Yes, America, you might have all of the mysteries and understand them so that you can remove the mountains of material obstacles. You may move all of the mountains that stand before you, but unless you have love, it means nothing. But even more, America, you may give your goods to feed the poor. You might tower high in philanthropy. You may give great gifts to the United Appeals. You may give great gifts to your colleges and universities. You may give big money. 
But if you have not love, it means nothing. Yes, and you may even give your body to be burned. You may even stand up and die life as a martyr. You may stand before the universe as that honorable person who was willing to stand up as a martyr. But even if you do that and you have not love, it means nothing. Yes, America, it is possible to be self-decentered in one's self-denial and self-righteous in one's self-sacrifice. It is possible for one to be generous in order to feed his ego, and it is possible for one to be pious in order to feed his pride. And so man has the tragic capacity of being able to relegate a heightening vice to a tragic, a heightening virtue to a tragic vice. Yes, even if you give your goods to feed the poor and have not love, it means nothing. You may build your, all of your great institutions, you may have all knowledge, you may build your great Harvard and your great Yale. You may have all of your institutions of learning and all of your PhDs and MAs and ABs, but if you have not love, America, it means nothing. I still want you to know that love is the principal thing in the universe. I want you to know that at the center of life stands love and that it is the most durable power in the world. And if you follow that, America, you will build a great nation. I must get ready to leave now. Timothy is waiting for me to deliver this letter and I must take leave to go to another church. But just before leaving, let me say this to you, America. I've said a lot to you about loving. I've said a lot to you about uh, being moral and living noble principles. And I know that you often try to do that but I want to say something to you about the meaning of the gospel. In trying to live up to the high and noble principles of this religion, you often fall short. And I know how you felt sometimes. You tried to, to live up to it and you didn't quite make it. Sometimes you felt that you could do it alone, but the more you tried, the more you discovered that you couldn't do it alone. And I know how you are caught up in the tragic dimensions of sin, both individual and collective. I see how, as you live life, on every level of your life, you are confronted with sin, and sometimes you have to cry out as I have to cry out, the good that I would I do not, and the evil that I would not that I do. And then as you try to follow the law of love, you find yourself saying, oh, wretched man that I am you discover somehow that the more you try, the more you discover that you can't do it alone. And oh, you end up in despair. You end up in a tragic state. You feel that you have lost out. Yes, I have been like that. But when I came to that point, when I came to the point of feeling that I couldn't make it alone, when I came to the point of realizing that I was too weak to make it, I discovered something else. I reached out and saw breaking out of eternity into time the powerful dimensions of God's grace. And where sin abounded, grace abounded even more exceedingly. And so I want to say to you, America, reach out. And if you reach far enough, you will discover God's grace. 
It is that grace that can lift you from the fatigue of despair to the buoyancy of hope. It is that grace that can lift you from the midnight of sorrow to the daybreak of joy. It is that grace that helps you to see that by the grace of the Almighty God, you can live in this world and you can live this life and you can see the face of the Almighty God with all of his eternal principles. In the midst of man's tragic sin stand God's amazing grace. I must say goodbye to you now. Maybe I will not see you, but I will meet you in God's eternity. May the grace of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with you today, tomorrow, and even forever. This is the letter, and now comes the living of it. Let us pray. O oh God, our gracious Heavenly Father, help us to reach out in our lives and see the great principles of life. Help us to see the work and worth of the Apostle Paul, who stands at the center of our faith as one of the most noble Christians, and who stands as a challenge to us in all ages and in all generations. Help us to realize at all times the relevance of the gospel in every nation and in every community. In the name and spirit of Jesus we pray. Amen. Mississippi and the flat plains of West Texas and the beaches and bayous of Louisiana. KAYT 88.1 FM. We bring you greetings from the Apostolic House of Refuge, located in Leesville, Louisiana, on Tulavana Street. The bishop and founder of this great church is Bishop Paul W. Bell Jr., with his lovely companion, First Lady Joanne Bell. We believe in one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Now we invite you to hear a portion of our service. Revelations. <laughs> 